You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas, and appreciate the, all the love and support from the wrestling community. I hope that this is opening the doors to all those young coaches out there on what it takes to build a successful program. And I have a great guest on today, the former coach of the Dundee Vikings, Mr. Tim Roberts. Tim, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate having you on. Um, as many of the people that I've interviewed, we have a connection. So I was talking to Tim. The, the first time I met him was at the Michigan Wrestling Association uh banquet where i mentioned to him that i wrestled with his actually his first state champion and scott miller when he was uh, his first state champion as a head coach scott miller and thomas johnsack on the cadet national team and he and he also told me a story of how he actually put two and two together about meeting me so if you could tell everybody about this story i think it's pretty great but uh the guys had told me that they were working out with you and uh tom was saying like oh yeah i got this friend and telling me about you and then he said your name was Isaiah Thomas and I thought he was pulling my leg because <laughs> Isaiah Thomas is the Detroit Pistons basketball player and I thought the coincidence was too much I'm like not no but <laughs> turns out no you actually are named Isaiah Thomas you actually was a very good wrestler yourself so uh, he was not pulling my leg so I never forgot <laughs> who you were after that <laughs> well I, I just it, it's it's amazing how um we all have these kind of connections and and it's almost like this long string where you could pretty much uh, six degrees of separation with many of the uh coaches and athletes in the sport of wrestling in the state or even outside of the state how we all are connected so a uh, small world there um, and uh, our wrestling world is kind of small like that, that you can connect a lot of us in that way. It's I think it's great because you we actually have the opportunity. We can talk to some of the best American wrestlers ever and they'll talk to us and we can actually get to know them. And I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And um, throughout the years, uh, might I've leaned on along with all my other coaching mentors, especially when I was the head coach at Western just getting their feedback and things like that. And it was always great to see the success that he's had with the Vikings. So I'm not going to take too much of the thunder, Tim. Tell me how you got involved in the great sport of wrestling. Oh, how did I start? Um, well, I was uh, a young kid. I tried it once uh, as a youth uh, in the 10 or the 10 years old about. And uh, wasn't really that into it then. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, seventh grade, some of my friends were doing it and I decided to join the junior high team then and, uh, just took a liking to it. You know, I, I don't say I was really good at it yet. I was, you know, we only had so many people and I was the second string wrestler on our team in junior high. And, uh, but that I think the coach took a liking to me and then, you know, got more involved that way. And, uh, just, little by little developing a liking. And I think what really, when I got really hooked on it was uh, my freshman year, I was a uh, 98 pounder because we had 98 pound weight class then. And the first time I actually won a medal, I got second at a tournament. And I don't know, after that, I was a wrestler. It was not no more just a kid that wrestles. After that, I was a wrestler as far <laughs> as I knew what that looked like. 
So, um, when you wrestle, do you think that wrestling has really changed that much from when you were wrestling back in the, I want to say, mid-80s to now? Yeah, yeah. I graduated in 86, um, so mid-80s is right on. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's changed immensely, um, at least the way I did it. <laughs> what I knew about it, if there was if there was other people that were taking it much more serious, they were not the people I knew. But uh, we were, you know, we would show up in uh, November and put our four months and do, you know, we would wrestle during then. But in the off season, they're just we didn't do as much, and uh, we didn't have the communication network to like it is now. Obviously, without the internet and all that, you know, we'd call people landline, but we didn't know the people from the other schools the same way you just see them on Saturdays at a tournament and then you might get to know them there or not. But, uh, it, it obviously was different, but you know, most of the people I knew and, and talked to, yeah, we just wrestled during the season, yeah. uh, where these guys are taking it now and the training they do and the information that's out there and the levels they can reach. It's just night and day of what they're doing now. When you took over, you took over for a Hall of Fame coach and Jim. How do you pronounce his name? It's well, what a blast lager. I probably butchered that. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was indeed butchered. Um, <laughs> yeah, you had a lot of the right letters, but they were just mixed up. But it's <laughs> Wittib Slager. So, <laughs> j- just go with wit, and that yes. uh, keeps people out of trouble with that a lot. But uh, it took me a lot of years myself so uh don't feel bad uh but that, <laughs> yes Wittib Slager yeah. was his name <laughs> yes uh so coach Witt uh hall of fame coach what was it like um when you took over in 2000 did you feel any uh pressure there to look oh, yeah. to the status that he because you guys were also you were in division four when you became the head coach and you were like a division four power at that time you know Whittemore and uh I want to say Addison was pretty good Hudson obviously yep. New Lothrop um so yeah that? so New Lothrop was always you know very good the always that I can ever remember and uh Addison was outstanding um Right at my beginning, that's when Whitmer Prescott hit their stride of being amazing. They had that run of they were very good. Um, it like yeah, we because we we were coming off uh, his last years. We had won four titles in a row, and uh, you know he was amazing coach. He, he the guy. He just didn't do losing. He just it's he just doesn't do it. It's it's not how he goes he just <laughs> it's hard to explain but he doesn't lose anything and uh so me coming in i i knew my personality it was not him i was that not that and uh it was uh kind of nerve-wracking of you know you're starting and you know you are kind of looking over your shoulder of what would he do and how is that and uh but i did have an idea i was like i i want to do this the way i want to do this and if it's not effective then I'll stop doing it. We talked about um, earlier when we do our pre, like our pre-talk for the interview about uh, Cosell Beavers. And I was mentioning how when I was in eighth grade, Cosell was a sixth grader at the Freestyle State Championships and he needed somebody to work out with. So I worked out with him and I can remember him being just a big load of a, of a human in sixth grade and, and being able to move like he did. Um, so strong, so powerful, probably one of the best heavyweights 
Michigan's ever seen. Um, doesn't get enough recognition, in my opinion. Um, beat a lot of good kids throughout his career, ended up being a three-time state champion. What was it like coaching a big guy like that? Uh, he was an amazing athlete. And uh, it's uh, how, how was it? it was early in my coaching career. Um, you you get a chance to work with somebody like that. And the thing, he didn't talk a lot. He was very quiet. Um, and a lot of times you just see him, you know, quiet. And uh, when he needed to turn it on, though, it was something to watch what he was capable of doing. And you're right. He, he did beat a lot of guys that were very good. He would have close match, close match, going close match. And then when he had to turn it on, you would see another level of like, wow. Like, <laughs> And as they always think to myself, if you can do that, why don't you just do that? Like, seems like it'd be a lot easier. But uh, Eddie, you know, but he, he an outstanding career. And now we see him as an adult coming back and he's helping coach. And the wealth of knowledge that he has and he like all that he knows. And I was like, I, I you know, I, at this time, I'm like, he was an amazing athlete, but he really had a plan and he knew what he was doing and he knew his technique. And now listening to him as he's coaching and talking, I'm like, there's a lot in there that he knows about the sport. It's like, it's really interesting to get to see him later, you know, what he can do. But yeah, just a lightning quick, very powerful person. Uh, you know, I was young enough to wrestle with him at that time. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he would, you know, he would kind of let me wrestle with him and I might score on him. And then, oh boy, once that happened, I would really get to feel how powerful he is. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, oh, oh boy, yeah, you were letting me. Like, oh yeah, but he—he he was something amazing athlete. Yeah, well, just, I mean, you, throughout your coach career, you've, you've had opportunity to coach some some amazing wrestlers, um, uh, from Sordorskis to to Buell. I mean, I the list can go on and on. Um, you've had the opportunity to coach some really great wrestlers. So, what is what it, what it was your as a coach when it comes to retention of your talent? What were some things that you did? to keep your numbers where you need them to be. So you had a little bit of depth here and there on your team to make those runs. Um, I, I that uh, came over time of like trying to develop where we could keep more numbers. I, I don't think our numbers at Dundee were ever great. You know, I, I hear of people having 40 people on their team and such. And the most we ever had on our team was 27. So uh, we never had like a, a lot of people would stick with it. We were the program built on itself and uh, like the whole thing starts from the youth and the people get in, interested then and the more they get interested then. And that's, you know, the people are they're wrestlers there. They've been doing it. And then that's where we get the biggest core of our guys. And then then, you know, we get a handful of guys that would come out later. But most of them came from our youth that they went through and did it there and then just trickled up. And then you start with a very large number there and then it's the ones that stick with it. And then they end up making it to high school and wrestling through that time. So it's, uh, I would say that was our biggest secret of, you know, keeping the guys around and keeping guys that were, you know, good at wrestling to start with too. Mm -hmm. And what do you look for in an assistant coach when you're, when you're the head coach? Uh, you know, I, I've had a few different assistants over the years and, uh, you, you get guys that you, you kind of recognize they have a good mind for the sport 
and uh, ability to talk with people and work with them. And I, you know, different assistants have had different strengths that they, and that's uh, when you have that, uh, it's good to recognize what your, the assistant you have right now, what his strengths are, and then really let him utilize what his strengths are, you know, and not everybody can do this for years and years on end. Uh, like most people, I think uh, you do it for a while and then real life gets in the way or you got other things that you have to get, take priority over doing this. But there's a, there's a select few of us that, you know, can do it for a long time. But uh, you, for a, a person that, you know, can, can build on what you're doing and then, you know, ability to work with people and build people is their job is like, are they building people? And then, and then, like I said, is you figure out what their strengths are and what, what they're good at and what they enjoy and grab, then let them do that. And then really take advantage of that's what they're bringing to your program and that can free you up. So I, yeah, I've been really lucky these uh, last years to have Garrett with me and he's Garrett Stevens. He's very smart and he really knows the sport. He's good at, communicating with the kids on the mental side and breaking that down, going through lineups and really looking at the other team's lineup and our, what, what moves we need to make. And uh, that was a big help for me is to free me up from having to think about that all the time because he was going to do it anyway. (laughs) And then Hall came in these last few years and very good with the kids and, you know, really like being around him and then he works at the school too which none of the rest of us do there and then he was smart enough to run our strength training program and do it well and uh you know these guys have you know nate puts in just all the work you know all the work that's not glamour to do whatever to help the program be better you know and you get people like that in your program and i've been fortunate over the years to have a bunch of people like that and uh you know it's just you just find what what you have and then what are their strengths and what what do they add to your program use that oh that's that's great great information there do you do you feel like once you get the you you cultivate the talent and then you get the coaches does it make it shouldn't say make it easier things run a little bit smoother when all those things are in place and you have continuity and trust in what you're doing? Um, well, I mean, I think you, you definitely want to have that uh, to begin with uh, to, to get where you're going. Um, if you don't have that, it's definitely going to be rockier. And then there's different degrees and levels of trust and what are you doing and people are there page partly on the same page and then you're you're trying to build those uh, but uh you, you know you, you get your good system in place and you got good assistance working with you then it's definitely going to make it better than your youth program, how are they working you know we're really lucky i think uh over the time like you can see as our wrestlers we've we very good and then the next gen through might be they took it to another level and the next generation take it to another level and uh we've been these these people are like 
kid came through and he was really good. And then the guys with young kids, they're asking those dads, what did you do? And then the next group coming through, those dads are asking those dads, what did you do? And they keep adding on and building on that. So, oh, like we've got some great kids in our program, but some of the best kids are still in our youth program right now because they're, they're building mm-hmm. off of what the, what Casey Swiderski did, what Braden Davis has done, what, you know, they're, they're trying to learn, trying to, em, you know, emulate and add their touch to what they're doing with it. And it's, so we, we have a system building like that right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Tim, we're at the part of the interview where I ask you, what is your advice for those young coaches that are thinking about putting their hat in the ring, so to speak, to be a head coach? What are some th- tips or tricks that you would share with them on what they need to do to build a successful program? Uh, first off is uh, check your ego at the door you are your ego can be one of your biggest deterrents to success and when you become head coach if you can understand that you come last what you want and what are are you taking care of comes last most of the time and like you make sure you're taking care of all the other things Give away as much of the credit as possible because if, you, if you're if you really interested in success, then this is the way I would go about it. If you're interested in your own pride and your own looking good, then you go about it a different way. But success, you don't think you're going to do this by yourself. It's going to be a whole community of people buying, buying into your program and all wanting to be a part of it. And that comes from building relationships and building relationships with the people in your youth program, the people in your middle school program, your assistant coaches, the parents of your wrestlers, and you're you're building relationships all the time. And some of them will be harder than others to work with, but you're building as much as you can because every one of them is building towards people being into it and giving back to your program and helping out and then working with your school administration you're going to be building that relationship as much as you can. And uh, sometimes administration, you know, wrestling's that kind of sport where some schools are, they don't, you know, wrestling's not number one. Wrestling is whatever number, whatever it is. They, do, they don't care as much. You build, like, if you try to power your way to the front, like it might be a way to get there. But if you want to maintain it, you keep building those relationships and make them as good. And it'll never be perfect and it's never going to be, great but you keep trying to make those relationships as good as you can and then for yourself it's an endless journey of knowledge and keep getting better learning you're going to learn how to communicate better as as you're going to make mistakes you just learn from them and try to do better next time and your technique there's so many opportunities to learn technique now like let that you know that you don't get stuck in you learn to move and that's how your coach taught you when you were in 10th grade. So this is how it's done. And it's always going to be, you might, uh, this sport evolves and you might find a new way that's a little bit better and you just keep adjusting and adding and keeps you fresh, keeps old thing fresh. But uh, like that doing battle with your own ego, that is uh that is one you'll always be doing because when you start getting good, 
and things start going well, that can be something that deters you too, because as I've heard other people say, good can be the enemy of great because you start getting good. Then are you willing to keep changing and adjusting so you can get better? And I, that can deter people from getting better because this worked. So I'm always going to do this. It's like, you're going to keep adjusting as you go. But, uh, that, that was the way I went through it. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I was just a pretty good high school wrestler. I wasn't great or nothing. So the ego part, I, I always felt like I needed to get better. I was always trying to learn more, get better, just keep doing that. And I, I might be that helped me in that way. Cause I, I didn't ever feel like I was the, the guy that had it all figured out. But as I got more coaches I've ever seen in college and trying to learn from them and the thing I picked up, I don't think he's got it all figured out either. He's as good as I've <laughs> ever seen. And I'm like, hmm. if he doesn't have it all figured out, who am I to think that I should have it all figured out? And it, like, it helped me along the way of like, it's part of it. You don't get it all. Always adjusting and learning and doing that grind and going through it. But, uh, and it's just a journey of going through that and learning as much as you're not ever going to be perfect. And, you're, and when you make mistakes, you got to admit it to yourself that you did and then try to adjust and, you know, do better next time and see how much you can learn. Awesome. Awesome. That That's very well said. Uh, gosh, man, have me like flashback check your ego. That's such a great bit of advice for not just coaching, but really any type of um, educational athletics piece or, or educational piece as a teacher. I take that hard. You got to check your ego trying to teach kids um, how to be better people. I mean, we're in the kid business when it comes to coaching or teaching, things like yeah. that. So that's a great, great piece of advice that I'm going to take with me to uh, to my next endeavor of class tomorrow. <laughs> well, good. Good luck with it. It's an endless battle. You're always you're always going to war with yourself on that. <laughs> but, uh, yes. <laughs> well, Tim, I appreciate the time and, and, and appreciate everything you've done. All coaches and, and your amazing career. Uh, look forward to you enjoying some some time off and I don't know, go hit Florida for a little bit. You you deserve <laughs> I it. I hope to. I hope uh, this will be a uh, next adventure will be uh just as fun and rewarding. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you, Tim. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.